Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Namaste, yogis. This is Andrew Seeley, here to welcome you to the Yoga Revealed podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing not one, but two awesome yogis, Hansa and Claudine. This dynamic duo, known as Yoga Beyond, travel the world sharing the beauty of partner yoga. Listen in as they take us on a journey of worldwide discovery while finding trust, balance, and strength in their thriving relationship. I was moved to tears that it just came together so easily with so much grace. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. Mm-hmm. It had taken me so long to get to that point that took us minutes to get to. <laughs> and I thought, okay, now it's time. Mm-hmm. And it's been a really easeful dance since then because we know each other so well. We trust each other and love each other. Keep your sights to the sky and get ready to fly on this dynamic episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast with power couple Hansa and Claudine, also known as Yoga Beyond. It's been only a few months since I've known you and a few different times that I've met you. So it's really great to be able to expand more on our relationship and you guys' relationship and the amazing things that you guys do all over the world. Hmm. (laughs) Thank you for having us. It's an honor to be here. Awesome. Thank you. Um, So we're here in Santa Monica, and I like to always start off in the present. So we're here in this presence of just having eaten amazing raw vegan food from one of my favorite spots, Life Food Organics, and just hanging out with good friends and watching the most epic sunset right here in Santa Monica. So I feel like now you guys have gotten to this point of, it's almost like the tipping point where a lot of people know you, and... It's very beautiful to be able to see such amazing connection between you two and the beautiful things that you produce and how they're inspiring so many people to do amazing things within their own relationships. So I wanted to talk a little bit about your past, like where you've come from. Obviously, you guys are, you know, big now, but you weren't always huge on Instagram and lots of people didn't know your name. So, I mean, 
how did that become? How did you get introduced to yoga and where did your yoga journey begin? Wow, that's a lot of questions <laughs> all at once. They're good ones. I'll start. Um, I started doing yoga when I was 15. Okay. My first experience was in Bali. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Tell me how this it, happened. It was, it was pretty rich, um, and I didn't realize how potent it was at the time, but mm-hmm. I have so much appreciation for how it started now, back then. Mm-hmm. So a friend of my mom said, hey, you really like this yoga class. You should go and check it out. And very casually went along to this class. Um, and in, you were already in Bali? I was, I was in Bali, so I'll just take a step out. back. Just, just, yeah, just, you just, know, just in Bali. <laughs> 15 <laughs> Give me some yeah right okay let me take it a step back further so my mm-hmm. parents have a clothing business based out of bali nice. and they've had it for almost 30 years what type of clothing women's clothing um very fluid dresses and skirts and um wow. jackets and um yeah that's been their that's been their their career and our family holidays as a kid was going from new york to indonesia Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. So Bali is another home away from home for me. Mm. I have a lot of childhood friends there and I speak the language and um, it's a really familiar place. Yeah. What language do they speak in Bali? They speak, um, well, Indonesian throughout the the country of Indonesia. In Mm -hmm. Bali, they speak Bahasa. Bahasa. Mm -hmm. Wow. Never Mm -hmm. even heard of that. Now you have. (laughs) Yeah. Can you say something in Bahasa? Uh... Terima kasih banyak. What does that mean? Thank you very much. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Wow, so you were in Bali. So I was in Bali. Um, We used to go for about two months at a time with my family Mm -hmm. and um, went to check out this yoga class. And it was in this outdoor gazebo in this guy's backyard. Um, And it was in Iyengar Studios. There were ropes Mm, against the walls, tons of props. And uh, this guy came out in little shorts and a shaved head, and we started to chant at the start of the class, and I had no idea what was going You're on. Like, what is this? Like, what have I got myself into? <laughs> and I, two hours later, at the end of it, I was completely blissed out and mm-hmm. yoga stoned, and, you know, the end of class, he chants again and brings out chai tea for everyone, wow. and the entire class is sitting around talking about philosophy and life, and as a 15-year-old, just getting a glimpse into this world, it was so fascinating and it I just felt like I had found a home mm-hmm. and I went back every day wow for so immediately it clicked months. with you yeah I didn't know what it was about but I just I wanted more of it so mm-hmm. I just kept going and completely got sucked into that whole world and um and growing yeah. up did your parents have some type of like spirituality that they may have taught you or anything that may have like brought you to a sense of wow like this seems pretty cool or was it just like completely blank slate, like, wow, this really connects with me. Now I really want to do it. I would say the latter. Mm-hmm. My, I grew up celebrating Jewish holidays and Catholic holidays. Mm. So I got a glimpse of different worlds and ways to worship. Mm-hmm. And already at that age of 15, 16, I realized that I wanted to find something else for myself. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm. So tell me kind of like fast forward, you know. You've been doing yoga. Mm-hmm. When did it come to you that you wanted to become a teacher? Not too long after that, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when did you become a teacher? She's like, yeah, 18. 18. Yeah. 18. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. I'm a good guesser. No, no, I'm sorry. 
Okay, so at the age of 18, mm-hmm. I went to college um, in upstate New York, and while attending free yoga classes, my teacher there said to me, you know, you're here all the time. You've brought so many friends to this class. You're obviously passionate about the practice. Have you ever thought about teaching? How would you like to teach one of these classes one day? And my voice got really small, but I still said yes. And and after teaching the first class, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Hmm. So I taught free classes throughout college. And then by the time I finished my degree in performing arts, Mm -hmm. I realized that's not what I want to do at all. And I went to You're performing arts, though. That's true. You are performing arts. Not in a traditional sense, but it is a performing art. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I would say... Well, yoga for me, I would say, is an art of motion. Mm. And finding your breath through connection Mm. of your mind is a true art indeed. It's the art of the human nature, you know? Mm. At least Mm. my opinion. Performing art, you guys do it well. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'll I'll, I'll take that. Because it it is true. You know, back then the the idea of performing arts was more um, in the lines of acting and and being on stage and mm-hmm. i mean we've been on many stages in different capacities so we are performing for sure it's awesome yeah so i finished my performing arts degree and went to kerpalu and i mm. lived there for six weeks and the training was intensive from 6 a.m to 6 or 9 p.m Who at night and sue rashmi mm. and naresh king naresh ron king Naresh, I'm still in touch with. He follows what we do on social media, and it's really sweet to get That's messages beautiful. from him. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And so, were there any, like, guest teachers? Uh, Jeff McDowell, he's a doctor and also a yoga teacher, so mm-hmm. he led all the um, anatomy and mm-hmm. um, digestive courses in the, nice. in the training. That's awesome. Yeah. Sounds like it was an amazing education. It was an amazing education. It was so immersive and and really complete for me and can you bring me up to when you met Hansa yeah so fast forward yada 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 a couple things happened lived in a few places (laughs) moved back to New York and was running a yoga studio Mm. in Queens my fairy godmother I now call her sent me an email one day saying hey hope you're well just occurred to me that if there are two people in the world that were meant to meet, I think you and Hansa were. I know you're 10,000 miles apart, but you need to get in touch. Where was he? He was in Australia. Hmm. And you were running this yoga studio in Queens for mm-hmm. how long? For about a year. Okay. Yeah. And so you were just kind of getting your feet wet. Yeah. Like things just, were just flowing. Just feeling it out. and Yeah. Cool. And uh, as we started to connect, I realized that... I was ready for something else, and the studio wasn't what I was meant to be doing. And mm. so, um, was it just like getting you out of your practice, or what did you feel you were missing? Uh, the right community mm. support, yeah, and um, and I was working a lot more and practicing a lot less too, for mm. sure. So, I just wanted to get into a better routine where I was serving myself more. Mm. In as non of a selfish way as... Totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for a little bit of selfishness, actually. <laughs> it's really important. 
Definitely. You gotta open up and massage yourself in salt bath and feel good. Completely. <laughs> yeah, you're good at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. So so let's go back to your history and what do you wanna know? When your yoga journey began. When did you actually like find yoga and kinda like, you know, a little bit about before that even. I'm just going to interject and say he's been a yogi long before he was doing asanas. Mm. That was my early perception of meeting him. Okay. So how? Oh, that's so, nice. So what, is that, what does that entail? Can you I could... writing? That'd be nice. Oh. <laughs> I'm getting a little watery. Uh, <laughs> his, his view on life is so broad and so compassionate and encompassing and it, mm. it shows in the way that he talks about himself and the way that he interacts with everybody that he meets and I feel like he's he's done a lot of his work mm-hmm. on this planet and he's done a lot of work before he got here into this physical body and it really um it's very palpable for mm. me anyway and and I feel like other people are also affected by him in a really moving way and so long before he was getting onto a yoga mat, he's already embodied the philosophy and the lifestyle and embraces it wow. every day. That's a great introduction. Yeah, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she just gave you tons of compliments, but that doesn't tell me the content of how it happened. <laughs> True. Uh, my journey that mm. obviously, I don't know if there's even start to it, but when I was 18, I decided to, because uh, I just had Czech, I had a little bit of German in school, I never had English, and, mm-hmm. and so I decided to travel overseas to study English for three months. Where overseas did you go? So I went to Australia. I had a few options, and then it really came down to Australia, and so that's fifteen over 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was just in between school, uh, I mean, I never went back, so that's, at the time, I thought, okay, this is just a little, you know. Yeah, I'm going to go study a little English for, you know, a few semesters. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Australia. Australia or Czech Republic? Uh, probably Australia. <laughs> uh, so I went, and um, it was, it was, it was tough. I mean, it was initially, you know, I had these, ex- I was very excited. You're going to the other side of the world. It's a very exotic location for people in the Czech Republic. Oh, it's I'm just sure. The weather, it's you know, warm. Everything about it. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's a, it's a paradise on earth, which it is. But when you don't speak the language and you don't have, I had $700 in my back pocket. Wow. Uh, for the three months, you know, and australia is very expensive so yeah. that lasted me about four days i think by the time i paid for like a bond for a little room to share with someone and, um so i had to kind of hit the ground running you know yeah. and, and so i went to school and at the same time i had to get a job and so um you know your choices are limited when you don't speak the language mm-hmm. at all uh and at the time that was quite a dark time for me because I just turned 19, that was a month after I arrived in Sydney, and um, I didn't feel, I think that's the same for most people, but I didn't feel I knew who I was, or what Mm. the world was about, or 
what I was meant to be doing and um, and when you don't have a person to talk to yeah it's just it's, you know it's a it's an interesting world when you no longer understand what anyone else is saying on buses or streets or you know you can't have a conversation with the person so Within a matter of days, it becomes quite a lonely place mm-hmm. to be. You're just at, at self with your thoughts. Mm. Yeah, and when you're not in a good place, you know, your mind goes crazy. And mm-hmm. so I feel that the real um, big bang, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, the, the real start of my quest for answers, uh, which then took me to where we are today or led me to here, uh, started there because um, I mean I've shared this with people before I feel like I was at a time where <clears throat> I was not all that interested in hanging around mm-hmm. uh, because the world seemed unfair and I didn't know my place And um, but before I would depart I told myself I'll, I'll go on a quest you know I'll look for is there anything else to this journey mm-hmm. than, than what I learned through growing up which was a, a, a an unfair world where you have to be lucky, or you have to be smart or or pretty, or you know, to achieve anything, you gotta have some gifts like that. And yeah, so it seems quite a superficial world, and I didn't feel like I was particularly um, uh, gifted in those ways. And mm. So, but I went on a quest and and met amazing people and and. Um, really learn the language through reading books and and, oh. um, and just, you know, had a, had a drive to, f- to find something. And so... How did you start reading books and learning the language? Were you reading books? translation books? Um, no, I just had a... <laughs> I just had a... It's funny, I would see words and I would just keep writing them. And, you know, sometimes, like, I would have a a full forearm with words at the end of the day because I had to go to school and yeah. then, you know I mean when I started I was washing dishes and because you don't speak the language you are the cleaning or washing exactly. dishes or something so I would just continuously write and then late at night I would have my little um, um, you know book to translate with and so I would just go word by word and that's how I started learning and then wow. um, I found a couple of uh, books for kids, which is very simple language, just mm-hmm. simple words, and so one fish, two fish, red fish, right. blue fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then took it further from there, and I, I was fortunate enough um, to to meet people who were on their own quest, and so mm. they had pointed me in a direction of spiritual books, like I read the Conversations with God, and I mean I found so many things along the way and just started putting my own collage of of uh, a belief system for myself mm-hmm. and, and within that system I, I realized that that I could have the things that I wanted to have that I was just like everyone else you know I deserve mm-hmm. um, whatever it is that I want to reach out for and that's why I came here that's why everyone comes here to, to live life um, because you, da- you do have an unlimited potential Anyway, yeah. that's how I think about it. That and, um, is, that that is turns, truth. It's truth. It's and that being turned, confirmed. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's my truth. You know, I also learned along the way that we all have our own truth, and mm-hmm. so I have no need in convincing anyone else that my view of the world is the view of the world. It's just my view of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but within that, I realized that what 
I think about and how I feel about what I think about shapes what I experience completely. And um, How you feel what you think about shapes your experience. What you just said is very profound. Hmm. And that really kicked me off on a different path. You know, and that I realized I had work to do because I realized that uh, all kinds of thoughts that I had about all kinds of things from that standpoint weren't serving me well. Mm. And that's about people, about relationships, about money, about my potential, you know. And so... What um, did you do? Well, <laughs> good question. <laughs> I, I would... Well, I mean, to begin with, it became paramount. It, was, it became the most important thing to look at all of that that was going on inside and identify um, kind of the, the, the ugly places, you know, the dark places. Mm. And the moment I would find them, I would, I would not let them go until I would lean to the other side with all these subjects. You know? yeah. So money for me, for instance, was, um, was not good. Like if you have a lot of money, you're greedy or, you know, causes causes pain in the world and suffering and, and those kinds of ideas. And so and, and yet I wanted it, like just about everyone else, I'm sure, because it's it provides. It it just it's not the piece of paper, it's what what you can get with it. It's a game mm. that we play, you it's know. Energy. We all we all it's agree an energy exchange. It. We all agree to this game of energy exchange. And so <clears throat> I realized that I had none of it <laughs> because um, I was not Exchanging in a place right to, energy. to allow it to yeah. come to me, you know. And no matter how hard I would try, it just wasn't there. And and I realized, okay, I gotta, I have a little bit of homework to do. And so the homework was to look at a subject of money, and and oftentimes use uh, uh, creative thinking to start reasoning with myself knowing all too well that having negative feelings and thoughts about that subject is is bringing that to me and i didn't mm -hmm. want that and so you know i started leaning more towards hey money is not so bad i mean look how much money has changed the world and how much the world has expanded and mm -hmm. and um and so you know i was kind of leaning more and more and more until i feel like i kind of cleaned up that, that vibration of totally. how I would feel about it. And um, and so that was my little test. First I learned about uh, an idea that that's how the world works. And mm -hmm. so I was hopeful that's how the world works because that seemed much more fair to me. Like if I can go inside and, and clean up my vibration about everything and then start manifesting the kind of life that I envisioned for myself without having to have all those gifts that I thought I needed to have or be so lucky in life, mm -hmm. um, I realized that, um, yeah, I wanted that world. That was, that was worth staying for, you know, that yeah. was worth living mm -hmm. for. And, um, and I guess, you know, it took me a, f a few years of just chipping away at all kinds of um, things like that. And I'm sure, m if not most of us, if not all of us, I'm sure most of us have, um, have, challenges like that with certain things mm -hmm. to do with your upbringing or I mean all, you know we all have our collection of all kinds of experiences so um, and through that process I also realized that 
not having the kind of childhood that I often wished I had, just observing other kids, yeah, uh, actually set me on a very powerful path to figure things like that for mm. myself, to find my way. Yeah. Because often when you're brought into this world in, in comfort and in a lack of motivation and drive for something powerful to happen to you, uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like often people just kind of fall asleep there, you know, and they never, they never have that drive. Totally. Um, and on the other end of the stick, if you will, that drive just makes the the ride of life so mm-hmm. exciting. Mm. Totally. It just makes it, you know, going from the bottom to the top <laughs> is much longer and juicier journey, I think, than maybe being on the top and not realizing you're already there. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I like that that idea. Cool. So so. When did you actually start practicing yoga? Asana practice? Asana practice, practice, physical practice. Or did you do meditation beforehand? Or tell me more so, because I I mean, you you explained that, you know, you moved to Australia, you're basically finding your way through life and really finding what truly you were passionate about, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you kind of come across... Um, more of the meditative side of yoga or the contemplative side of yoga or the philosophy? What what about you, like, brought you to yoga? Yeah, uh, for sure. I guess sometimes it's challenging for me because I find that people's perception of yoga mm-hmm. is a particular, has boundaries in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what Claudine was was saying at the start of it is I, I feel like I mean you know I, I don't know we're all kind of yogis in a way because definitely the moment you you breathe you step back a little or <laughs> breathe fully, yeah. or start to right? wake up more yeah right yeah exactly and so uh, I, I guess I know when I started my physical practice mm-hmm. uh, which was on and off for quite some time uh, but I, I really feel like my yoga journey has just like been there the whole time because as I learned through studying physical practice and and listening to teachers, uh, I, I just found myself nodding. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've experienced that in different detail, different place, different name. You know, it's. Um, I find that with religion as well. I feel like oftentimes the the philosophy of yoga in different streams and and religions and then the kind of modern spirituality yeah it's just all of it is the same stuff it just depends on what you resonate with yeah. or maybe what you were brought up all in. a different language that's right it's all the same same kind same of foundation principles and yeah. morals you yeah. know I, or at least that's that's what i see it is cuz especially with spirituality um yoga and I would say some of the eldest religions, the ones that have been around for, you know, the beginning of time, quote-unquote, um, those, they have fundamental morals. And the fundamental mm. morals are very the same across the board. Mm. And I feel that in the sense of understanding fundamental morals, once you have the foundation, you can build upon that foundation to build a beautifully strong structure. And that structure of ideals is what brings you to having a good character in which you can actually produce value within an environment. That's just my idea. 
Like <laughs> You're spitting truth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> totally. So, so you, you've had like this, this contemplative, um, study at, if you will. And, you know, through books that you've read, um, did you go to any type of schooling or any additional classes or maybe someone that you studied under a mentor or something like that? No, I, but I always wanted to, you know, everything mm-hmm. I've done so far with, with a passion, you know, followed something. I always had this uh, intention or a dream or a wish to, to find the person who would show me the ropes, you know, mm. the person who knows exactly who I am, where I am, and they can just hold my hand and guide me through that. <laughs> And I never got Aww. it, you know? <laughs> yes. So Every time. Yes. Yet. Yeah, well. That's a key word. They say when yes. the student yeah. is ready, the teacher will come. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Though I kind of feel that it's over time I realized that um, maybe I wasn't meant to be looking for that. It wasn't... Because, um, you know, when you, when you look for something, mm-hmm. and um, generally when we look for something, or I find oftentimes when I look around at other people... It's so easy to look outside of yourself for the answers. So someone else knows better than you do. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I guess, why I wanted a mentor because I never pondered or, or believed that all the answers can are are here already. That exist know, within you all the time. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I, I I feel that it's I don't have that desire so much because over time I realized that um, we're all capable of finding our own answers which can be often slightly different or very different to everyone else's answers Mm -hmm. so really your best mentor is is you in that sense maybe not at the start of the journey it's always nice to for someone to shake you up maybe Mm -hmm. at one point and go look at this yeah or to give you a new perspective right but Mm -hmm. once you kind of get the basics right um, such as what what you think about matters matters tremendously Mm -hmm. then you become your own mentor because you know when you're when you're judgmental or when you're negative not necessarily even to other people but to yourself because Mm -hmm. the voice that most of us well all of us have a voice inside of our head but most for most of us i think that voice is quite unkind Mm -hmm. more often than we like to admit and so the mentor really that I consider now is the ability to observe yourself, step outside of yourself and identify certain things and, yes. and, and be honest with yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Honest self-awareness. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Becoming more well of that which is within. Mm. But from looking at it from the perspective outside. Yeah, that's right. Which is kind of the holy grail, I feel, of <laughs> what we're all looking mm. for. Because, you know, there are times where you get kind of sucked into it um somewhat asleep maybe and there are other times where you become more awake and aware and maybe enlightened i guess would be a good word Uh, and then that's that i feel that for most of us certainly for me it's that play of (laughs) you know kind of which end of the spectrum are you are you at at the moment and pulling and pushing and pulling and pushing and and maybe that is the the sweetest ride, you know, that little bit of forgetfulness to remind yourself again mm-hmm. and then back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, like something that. quite nice about that. Yeah. Totally. So, <laughs> my journey of yoga, <laughs> uh, for the longest time, to be honest with you, the physical practice, I did my first yoga class when I was 20 in mm-hmm. Australia. 
in a in a yoga studio that we now run, which is amazing. You know? No yeah, way. In a, in a beautiful kind of <laughs> full circle. Full circle. Um, and it's also a studio where I took you for your first class in mm-hmm. Sydney. Nice. Um, the physical practice, I guess I was more active. Like I always competed when I was at school. I was a competitive runner and I did karate and all kinds of things. And, and um, I didn't understand when I was in my 20s, early 20s certainly, uh, what the physical practice of yoga was about. Hmm. And so just from my initial experience of it. Because you were an athlete, what type of sports did you do? Just track and field, a lot of running, soccer, okay. you know, like uh, uh, sports or activities where you were competing against others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you know, <laughs> in yoga, <laughs> I mean, there is actually a sense of competition, I feel, in yoga. <laughs> you, you, you'd nowadays. be surprised nowadays. <laughs> I, I get people like looking me down and I'm like, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Damn, All I can why do is smile. So strong and flexible. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, stop yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, but, though. But fundamentally, you know, if you start doing physical practice, mm-hmm. uh, I think the natural assumption is you, it's just you and the mat. There's no one else. And so, yeah. And I didn't get that. For the longest time, I did. <laughs> you, you were the you were the person looking at the other person's back. Yeah, well, I started yeah, off I like that though. That, I started know. off like that too though. I will I will say that it was a blessing to be in a Bikram yoga class where I could see mm. literally forty five year old guys doing stuff that I could only imagine that I could mm. do, and I was like, I'm nineteen years old. Why can't I do that? <laughs> like I I'm young, and I play competitive sports. Why can't I touch my toes? like that's mm. not good you know and so that that motivated me to really get my stuff together and to really become more aware of my physical body mm. so i i feel you in the competitive idea but that's how it starts and it completely evolves mm. yeah I th- pretty much the same for me as well mm-hmm. now when i listen to you um so but i did have my cleaning up to do and now thinking about it it's more of a I don't know if you can call it meditation. It's probably more concentration. Mm-hmm. Just being in your head, being in your space, but being proactive and, and focused in that space. Not mm. just daydreaming where the mind just jumps on whatever, you know. Yeah. So in that sense, I feel as I learn more about meditation uh, through different teachers and different practices, I feel that the initial stages of of the journey to meditation is about that. It's, it's mm. the ability to focus your mind on something uh, single point yeah mm. and so for me that was a task like I had a I had a let's say um, a subject of sorts and let's say the subject was money once upon a time and so in my mind I would go okay how do you feel about this subject and maybe it wasn't that great so I had to focus on okay give me more ideas as to how I can reshape that how I can feel better about it more positive more mm. abundant not just for myself but for others you know yeah and that's where certain things start falling away, like jealousy and envy, because, you know, you, you reshape your thinking about the whole thing. Yeah. And so in that sense, I feel that for, through, throughout my early 20s, I was doing a lot of that. And now I look at other people and they would actually call it meditation. Mm. You know, you sit down in a quiet space, you close your eyes uh, and you focus on your breath. Maybe that's the simple one or you focus on something more specific. And generally it's abstract. So you release the mind from thinking 
but I think there's also another way because of course the releasing for most people is almost impossible mm-hmm. so you'll sit there and you're just two seconds in you're, you're somewhere else right oh, goodness I'm sweaty um, yeah <laughs> oh so, I'm still meditating <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so anyway so that was my way I feel my practice of yoga now looking at, looking back at it uh, and the occasional classes here and there um, but it wasn't really till we met almost eight years ago where, um, you know, Claudine would just drag me to every yoga everything. class around Sydney. <laughs> yeah. Every yoga thing that I could find. <laughs> yeah. So and tell me about this meeting. <laughs> How'd this happen? <laughs> so, all right, let me see yeah, from your perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I always I feel, feel like me- I've been talking for too long. Maybe you no, should. I no, love no, it. No, you've got so many beautiful things to say. And also, I feel like... We've told our story so many times, and I love to tell it, but the more that we tell it, I realize that we both have a very unique perspective on it, and when we tell it together from these specific moments in time, it has so much potency, Hmm. and it starts with Hansa because of all of the, everything that he's been saying, you know, this deliberate work to change the way that you see the world and change the way that you um, view money and Mm -hmm. relationship, and so... I'll let you take it away from here, but it has to do with his perspective on on relationship and being ready, creating that space mentally, emotionally, physically to call in love. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll pass it over to you at some point. Okay. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I start? well, I guess, yeah, you're right. I mean, I preface the... The, the cleansing work that I was doing, that mm. I like to call it. And and at some point, well, I know exactly when that was, when I was 27, uh, I, I felt like my life was definitely turned for the better, you know, in, in, in the ways that I was focused. And so um, I, I had no need to to deny myself the right or just to dis to doubt the belief system that I've created for myself mm. because I could see it you yeah. know I could I could it I was mean, producing results it would be stupid mm. to deny it to myself yeah you if know? you have a function and it's producing the results that the function's supposed to with the variables that you put in it's yeah. working mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and look I'm always open to like I'm, I don't I never claim that I think figured anything about life i just i just figured out a way to feel better mm-hmm. uh, in life and and uh you know whatever the universe throws my way or life throws if there are curveballs coming my way you know and and i'm not saying that it's all hunky-dory and it's, it's a smooth <laughs> ride i probably wouldn't want it that way either yeah and you know looking back one day um but i definitely my life was totally different by then uh, in, when i was about 26 27 and that had to do with with money and my feeling of happiness and just being passionate about all kinds of things and having relationships with, with beautiful people. And and so I arrived at a point where I felt that <laughs> I was ready to, to find the love of my life. And, um, and so I did my process, which is, I already described that. And so I, I feel my way into it. I try and imagine not so much maybe the details. Sometimes it's nice to play with the details. So mm-hmm. let's say if you want to meet the love of your life you know mm-hmm. what would you like them to look like hmm. and often people say i don't care 
please universe oh, just, just no, bring the no. person you must yeah. care yeah <laughs> physical attraction yeah. is definitely no yes. what i mean is like the detail of it you might not mm. you might not care about you know if it's white or black or curly hair or straight mm -hmm. hair you know i think most people might not care i, I do like the game of the detail mm -hmm. um, because I, i i find a lot did of did you imagine claudine you're like i did yeah pretty hair pretty nice teeth mm -hmm. she wears gorgeous little earrings <laughs> dances around in bali on the summer yeah okay <laughs> yeah i certainly wanted this free-spirited person that she is mm. so i was that specific If if you can call that specific, mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. you know, kind of more. How do I want my life to feel with another person? How happy do I, you know? How what do I want them to? What can I bring to them, or what can I? What are my gifts, and what maybe I would like their gifts to be, and things like yeah. that, you know. And um, so I did that in my head, uh, and I and I know, I kind of gauge how close I am for something to manifest or to occur. In, mm -hmm. in in my life by how curiously excited I wake up each morning. <laughs> so when you're kind of like wake up almost anxious, wondering, is this the day? Is today the day? You know, then I know that it's like I'm already uh, living it. You know, you're so you're so in it. You've convinced yourself so well mm -hmm. that um, there's no need to doubt it. And, and, and if it's not that day, you don't care. It's mm -hmm. just like even just the buzz of, another of it beautiful being day. a possibility. <laughs> it's another beautiful exactly. day. Yeah. yeah. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> and um, so in this particular day, I got up and, and I used to paint a lot. That was before the world of Instagram. <laughs> When we got into photography. But uh, anyway, I'll probably get to that later. Um, so I used to paint a lot. And... Um, And generally, it's, it's, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with it. Because the way I paint is I have a canvas, mm -hmm. I prime it, it's all white, it's ready. I have everything set up. But I don't generally have an idea of what I want to do. And so I kind of sit there mm -hmm. and wait. And <laughs> you just look you, at this white canvas. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, yeah. creativity. And often that excitement, you know, after a few days turns into a real kind of <laughs> misery where you just... Anyway, so this wasn't one of those... <laughs> Then you just start throwing paint. Yeah. It's hard yeah. now. Yeah. 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 Um, so, but this wasn't one of those days. I had this canvas and, and in four hours from... Anyway, I just finished it really quickly. What was it? Um, it was uh, a, a premonition, I feel. I feel very strongly about it. In actual fact, I know it was a premonition of something that was yet to occur in the stream of me wanting to find this person. Mm. Um, and I know that, for me, I know what it is because it's happened to me a um, number of times since then. Uh, it's just it's just a beautiful you know synchronicity the future in, in life mm. I think it's more uh, you, you just connect it you know you tap into something yeah so. mm. um, and so yes so there were two figures a male and a female figure in the foreground and then a, another female figure on the horizon all looking away from the viewer and it's all painted with a spatula on my fingers I don't generally use brushes and things it's quite raw and abstract but real and So anyway, I wrote on the back of it uh, my favorite quote by Albert Einstein, which is, imagination is everything. It is the preview of life's coming attractions. Wow. Imagination so, is everything. It is the preview of life's coming, coming attractions. attractions. So in other words, what mm. you think about, what you conjure up, mm -hmm. 
what you conjure up in your mind comes about. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, and so, and I, and I named it, I wrote May 2007, and I named it Cosmic Imagination for no particular reason. It's just, often I just, something I'm like, oh, what should I call this? And something comes to my head, so I just write it down, and that's the end of it. And um, so this was in May, and then um, June, July, August, September. September is when I uh, was spending time with, with uh, Sherry, with Claudine's godmother in Sydney. Mm -hmm. She was there for two years, and we became close friends. And um, she said something, 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 I can't remember the detail, but mentioned the name Claudine. And, um, and I had this jolt, and I had that before in my life, and I knew it was time to pay attention to something, and so... Um, I put one and one together in my crazy mind. I was like, oh, that must be the woman I'm going to marry. <laughs> uh, so, and she was just like mentioning like, oh, you know. Yeah. And I just asked her, who is Claudine? Hmm. And she sat down and she looked at me and said the same thing that I think she said to you in that moment, which was, um, I can't believe I haven't thought about this before. But if there are two people in the world who should at least meet it's you and Claudine. Mm. And that's that's how it kicked off. And I think she sent you an email that, that afternoon mm -hmm. and, and said, hey, you know, you should, should reach out to this guy. And you sent me a, an email and I sent you a novel back. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is on. <laughs> he was ready. <laughs> well, I painted this picture and you were in it. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, it, it, was, it was pretty yeah. close to that. I mean, he didn't share that right away, but mm -hmm. he was so open and transparent. And you could feel, we could feel each, other, each other's energy yeah. through email. There was no holds bars. We were being quirky and cheeky and mm -hmm. flirtatious and everything all at once. And as we were talking one day, uh, Honda told me about this painting that he had made. And and I started to kind of get goosebumps as he was telling me about it because I shared with him then that my meditation teacher years back while I was in college had given me a Sanskrit name, which is Kalpana. And the translation of Kalpana is Cosmic Imagination. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so I flew to New York the next day. He bought a plane ticket the next day. We, we, we literally had this radio silence. And we're like, okay, well, we need to meet. What are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. He bought a ticket, came to New York, and it was one of the most surreal moments ever. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to know how that night was. Um, it was hot. <laughs> cosmic. Yeah, it, it was cosmic. Imagination. <laughs> that is amazing. Wow. Yeah, and before the end of... He stayed for a month and met my family and met my friends. And it was this incredible swirling whirlwind of love and energy and playfulness. And mm -hmm. before the end of that time, he said... When are you coming to Australia? Mm. When are you coming to live with me? And it felt like the next logical step. Wow. So you're like, so, New York, so forget like, it, yeah. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the studio wasn't really working out, and so it felt like the right time to mm -hmm. explore the Make next... transition. Yeah, explore the next step. And so I 
packed my summer clothes. I gave it to him then. It was winter in New York. And five weeks later, I bought a one-way ticket to Australia. Wow. And it's it so was... beautiful that it was an apparent decision. Mm. Yeah, it was It was a wholehearted decision. And for me, like one thing I know to be true is I live from my heart. And mm. I... I I don't want to live life with any regrets or any doubts of what could have happened if I didn't say yes to what my heart was asking for. That's beautiful. <laughs> mm. I I live very, very similar. Mm. That's definitely, yeah, that's awesome. That's so true that you just, it was a wholehearted decision. Mm-hmm. You knew exactly what your true heart's intention was. Yeah, and I, I feel like I continuously live from that place, and it's it's bore so much rich fruit and experiences for me in the past seven years moving across the world and for mm-hmm. the two of us um, together stepping into all these new experiences with a wholehearted yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when did the Acro Yoga start? Whew. <laughs> uh, well, I started doing Acro before we were doing it together, I found mm. it um, in Sydney, actually, with a good friend of mine. Nice. She had done an immersion and then called me up and said, hey, just found this awesome thing. Let's go to the beach. Oh, nice. <laughs> First time I went upside down, I was so hooked. Mm. <laughs> I think it was just folded leaf, grabbing the manual while hanging upside down. And going, All right, what else can we do now? Where can we go from here? And I just spent a year with this woman playing and falling and you know figuring things out it was just the two of us in australia or in sydney rather and nobody else was doing it so we're just you guys had to learn from one another there's no like online videos and tutorials Mm -hmm. and instagrams that you could go to to see all these pictures of great people doing it whoa yeah you guys were like okay (laughs) like all right bird bird Pretty much. It was really basic. And, you know, there were a couple workshops around Australia. So we would drive five hours and go and do a three hour workshop and Mm -hmm. then drive back just so that we could get a little more information and more hands on experience. And totally. Yeah. And then a year after that, I went to do my teacher training in Greece with Jason and Jenny. Incredible experience. I know. It sucked. (laughs) (laughs) It was gorgeous and so enriching. And, Came back and um, Steph and I were still doing a little bit of work together. And, you know, in the world of acros, I know, you know, there you can have times when it's so synergistic and also yeah. times where it's, it's like, not and it's headbutting. And, and you're like, oh, yeah. get off my feet. Yeah. Get off my feet. Yeah. Prana <laughs> so, runs through there. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. I got to that point with my acro partner and we just weren't gelling anymore and mm-hmm. realized that it was time to love her and leave her. And so we stopped teaching together. Mm-hmm. And um, and shortly after, um, after a lot of gentle pulling <laughs> to say, hey, uh, let's do some acro. You weren't about that acro yet? Come he on. Wasn't, he yeah. wasn't. And you know, I think it's, and you can probably speak to it path. more. I was on a totally different path. He was in a different direction too. And I think towards the end of my relationship with Steph, he was watching the the breakdown of uh, our relationship. And so he, I think, was repelled from it. It's like, I don't want any part of that. That looks messy. You guys aren't getting along. You're yeah. like butting heads. And, you know, I don't want any, I don't want anything to do with that. You're like, no, but it's like, no, be. but yeah, it's like, no, but it can be so sweet. It's so beautiful. It's so connected. Mm-hmm. And so. And with you. Yeah. Oh. I know. <laughs> 
So um, I'll let you fill in. But when we decided to start teaching together or start practicing together, Mm -hmm. it was like this instantaneous dance. Mm -hmm. Literally, the first time I got on his feet, I talked him through Ninja Star and we got it on the first try. I got down and, you know, I'm, I'm emotional in general, but I was so, I, I was moved to tears that it just came together so easily with so much grace. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. Hmm. It had taken me so long to get to that point that took us minutes to get to. <laughs> and I thought, okay, now it's time. Hmm. And it's been a really easeful dance since then because we know each other so well. We trust each other and love each other and want the best for each other and we can feel each other and we know how we can support each other. So when we started to collaborate, it was just bliss. Yeah. Hmm. Effortless. Yeah. That's beautiful. (sighs) In my mind and in my kind of being, I was in a quite a different world to where Claudine was when, when he, she started that journey. And, um, I mean, it came together perfectly as it always, as it always does. But when I felt that I was ready to move on from that game, uh, I went to Nepal for two months. That was another permission that we've given, we, we, we gave to each other. And so I went for two months and did Ashtanga teach training and went to the base camp of Mount Everest. And so I had my own little closing out of one chapter, opening of another. And, mm-hmm. and when I came back, um, that was the day where I said, all right, let's, let's do this, you know? And so we started practicing together and, and, um, and I guess that maybe takes us to, in a way to the present day where we felt that there were certain things that we wanted to bring into the practice that we learned. Mm-hmm. And, um, the they part of it by then was yoga. You know, we were, we were yogis. That was our direction. And so, yeah. I mean, you've always been that since you were a teenager. For me, I guess with the physical practice, like I was describing earlier, it wasn't until sometime after I've done a fair amount of physical yoga when I actually realized there was so much more to it than than um, exercise. That's what I thought yes. of it initially, you know, because that's, that's what my world was, competitive sort of exercise, if you will, sports. And, and so going to yoga, it's like if you're doing something with your physical body, you know, it's it's exercise. You're trying mm-hmm. to look after yourself, which of course you are, but there's so much more to it when you then start breathing into your practice and oh, realize yeah. what where that takes you. And so, um, by then, you know, I it, I had my eyes open and and I finally understood what your addiction <laughs> mm-hmm. has been your whole yes. life. Uh, when I made the connection between, oh my God, you know, my belief system is totally tied to this physical practice. I just never. Uh, I never saw that side of it and, and so we wanted that and we started practicing together and we did we did acro and and quite early on we we saw it as yoga practice you know we saw yeah. these postures that you're doing on someone else's feet and so we wanted to make that link for ourselves and then later on um, for others as well that's really how our practice came about mm. I feel nice yeah. so since then, you've created Acro Vinyasa. Yeah. And describe to me, what is Acro Vinyasa? And how does it differ from Acro Yoga? Cool. Yeah, mm. great question. Mm. So Acro Vinyasa 
is, as we like to call it, it's yoga from earth to air. Mm. So we think of it as what you know as your yoga practice. Take it into a partner yoga setting. And for us, for Akravinyasa, that's for the most part, it's all based mm-hmm. uh, acrobatic flying. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, we've, we've, we've organized the practice into two flows so far. We're working on one more, which will be the advanced. But we wanted, I guess there were, there were a number of reasons why we decided to do this. And, and when you say like a flow, do you mean a series of sequenced postures that are L-basing postures? Yes. yes. Okay. So we've broken it up into, I guess if you were to categorize acrovinyasa into just a few components, it's vinyasa practice, um, it's acroyoga, mm-hmm. and inversion training. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So that's the the, the triage mm-hmm. of what constitutes a class that we would teach. Nice. So, so yeah. you're actually going through yoga asana and then going into L-basing and then also doing inversion calibrations? Yeah. So we would do vinyasa preparation, which would include the asanas that we would then transfer to someone's feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and in between, after the, the asanas, then we would do inversion training to calibrate and integrate the body and then take it into flying. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Then we do cool down at the end, shavasana. So Nice. It's a, I guess the way I like to describe it to, to students is... We think of Akravinyasa as yoga stream. Mm. And so we want this to be yoga class. You yeah. Know? We just like you go, you go three or five or however times you go to your yoga class a week. We want Akravinyasa to be that practice. Um, mm. And um, so we structure it in a way where a class like that can work, we, that we feel it can work. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you come in, you sit down, we center, we arm, you're on your mat, um, you do your warm-up, you know, vinyasa warm-up, and um, you learn about these postures, which is generally just three postures, uh, air asanas we call them, mm-hmm. that we you learn about them as earth asanas. So you do them in your body mm-hmm. before you have to trust anyone, before you have to touch anyone, yeah. before you have to balance anyone. You, you you know, you experience your Pashimottanasana. A lot of them are uh, modified because mm-hmm. not every posture in the air feels and is reflected in the same way that mm-hmm. it is on, on Earth. And that's our job in the first 30 minutes of the class <laughs> to go, hey, you know, this is your, this posture inverted we call floating Pashi, mm-hmm. Pashimottanasana. And so the difference is maybe you bring your hands to your ankles and you push down rather than pulling down, you know, so mm-hmm. there are differences. And that, that gives us the opportunity to do that. And then we have 10 minutes of that inversion training, which is with, with a partner. Nice. Um, and so that's bringing that element into your regular class, which is normally not really part of vinyasa class. Totally, so you don't partner totally. with people. And, you know. Very rarely. Yeah. And so it's also about the art of uh, spotting. You know, people learn about, hey, it's not just about your hands, then you can also help. Exactly. Uh, your fellow yogi by observing them and giving them cues and learning about alignment. I think that that's beautiful that you're incorporating the two because I will tell you it's been so often in classes where I'm sitting next to someone and I know I can help them. Mm -hmm. And because the class is so 
almost disjointed in the sense that you're in your mat, you're in your practice, and I'm doing stuff, and I'm looking next to me, and I'm like, I can totally help this person. But I'm in my own practice, and no one else is going to do it, and then I don't want to obstruct the class or, mm-hmm. you know, make the teacher feel any type of, you know... So I'm just like, uh, I'm just going to stay over here. But so often I felt like if we were partnered up, teach someone how to spot another person, we would be so much more effective. Mm. And so many more people could learn. And then the teacher wouldn't have to sit there and adjust everyone, mm. you know? So and that's... it's really empowering, too, to teach those techniques. <sighs> totally. You know, I think that's something that that Acre Yoga has set up really well and, and that's why we've we've adopted a number of those elements. Mm-hmm. Like the to teach spotting techniques is to teach how to support someone. Yes. And we all need more of that. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. So tell us tell us more. So you've done your first teacher training. Mm-hmm. How did that feel? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was and such how a how many acrovinyasa teachers are there out there right now? Uh, we now have 30 certified acro vinyasa teachers in the world. And we had such a mix of people show up too. Mm-hmm. Now a, a good handful from the U.S. and from Canada and Sweden and Brazil wow. and Australia um, and France and uh, Indonesia. So it was this mm-hmm. really amazing gathering. Melting pot. Yeah, melting pot <laughs> of humans. And they were all so wide-eyed and excited and really great humble students and Mm -hmm. so supportive and um you know I feel like we did such a good job of holding space for this group because it was just the two of us running it yeah we had our doubts about (laughs) whether or not we could wield this this group dynamic for for 11 days and yeah an international group in mm -hmm. Bali and it's your first one that's so beautiful Mm. though I'm sure it was an absolutely amazing growing experience for everyone involved. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for us, for sure, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we were so transparent with the whole group, too, and really letting them into to our world and to our process and letting them know, like, this is this is our first time, too. So we're, we're here to guide you through, but we also need you to to meet us as well and to mm-hmm. hold space for us, too. And totally. It was this beautiful co-creative relationship <laughs> i'm so stoked to do it again <laughs> that's all when's your next one august august in of, cali oh really yeah right here in california <laughs> yeah. coming back coming back <laughs> california baby. done gotcha <laughs> <laughs> we went through the past the present now i want to hear more about the future yeah the future is wide open and mm. we're still in a place of saying yes to whatever comes our way and whatever feels like the next logical step like how many teacher trainings do you guys want to do and and like are you feeling like you want to start acro vinyasa as a international kind of like hub of connection for allowing people to connect to yoga and acro yoga in one sequence or in one i don't know organization structure well, I would say... More the, trainings, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I would say... I would say yes to that. <laughs> uh, you know, we we certainly never plan that we have the answer for, for everything. And so we just come up with the best version of what we'd like to practice. Mm-hmm. And, and 
we put it out there into the world and and you know people have responded and we had an amazing sold out first teacher training and so we kind of want it to be organic we don't really you know we we have future ideas as to how we want to feel in our bodies and in our mm -hmm. life but as far as a, a specific detail like that um, it's kind of nice to I don't know be open to what may come and so well I mean we have look this year we're doing three teach trainings we're going to back to Bali in November and for next year we have four teacher trainings planned at this point in time and so um, our vision certainly is to bring this practice to yoga studios around the world yeah and we feel that there are so many people who have been exposed to the practice visually or through friends or through jams at the parks mm -hmm. um, but certainly for us we haven't we, we feel that it's not a common practice it's still a niche practice so people totally. have the assumption that they have to be either maybe they had to do gymnastics when they were young <laughs> or uh, most people just don't believe it's 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 for them you know most people out there your regular practitioners often don't have that kind of self-confidence or drive that would make them believe that that's for them yeah until they try it you know until you someone puts you on their feet or you you base someone and and it just First, I think people realize, oh my God, this is so much fun, mm -hmm. you know, and you get to hang out with people. And and um, so we want that at Yoga Studios because we think perhaps this will always be somewhat of a niche practice. You know, not everyone is is maybe ready to touch other people and be yeah. in your personal space. Yeah. And there's a lot or to be share said. true connection. Mm -hmm. I feel yeah. a lot of people are very... I would say especially nowadays people have become desensitized from true human mm. connection and I would say that a lot of it is attributed to our use of technology because mm, sure. you know the television the video games you know growing up in front of a TV instead of in at a dinner table you know talking mm. over food we're you know talking over ourselves trying to yell at the TV and you know Everyone's like this in their own little world with their headphones on, you know? So it's like how to get it from here to like here, you know? And I, I completely agree with you in the sense that it is a niche, but it's growing and mm. people are becoming more conscious. And I feel that there's more and more people that are opening up to true human connection mm. and allowing themselves to be vulnerable to allowing someone else to support them mm -hmm. and to truly trust. And I think that that is the most beautiful thing. Yeah, we see this as a very powerful practice and, and we wanted this particular concoction of things that we're passionate about and mm -hmm. we feel that Akra Vinyasa is certainly a collection or a combination of everything that we've learned and and, and are passionate about in the practice of yoga and Akra. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's our stream, and it's wonderful to see um, that you know others are coming up with with their own unique um, takes on this. Because mm, yeah. ultimately, from the very beginning, certainly for me, and I think for you as well, I always th thought of acro yoga in the same way as I think of yoga. Mm -hmm. There's so many different streams, and and there's so many different people that that um, resonate with 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 different things, and mm -hmm. so. Um, you know, we feel that there is an audience to what we're offering, and that's totally. wonderful, but not 
not all people out there will like what we're doing or resonate, not necessarily like, but you know, you might look for other things. And mm-hmm. so, um, it's nice to see, um, for instance, Acro Revolution, you know, it's badass acrobatics. Yeah. And, and for us, you know, we play with, let's say, standing acrobatics, but it's just not our practice. You mm-hmm. know, we, we don't particularly feel that we're that skilled at it because we haven't practiced it much. And the art of spotting with something like that, we feel is at a different level to what L-based flying yeah. is, for example. And so that's kind of like, okay, that's where so far, you know, we've, we've stretched our practice to a certain point mm-hmm. and we like that that a play field that we've mapped out for ourselves and that's what we are offering and there are others who will want to take it elsewhere and so it's wonderful to see that people are now inspired to do that as well and to see totally. so much of it popping up especially in the recent times it's really nice you know because um it shows a real strength of a community i feel it's like everyone's open to other people's ideas and mm-hmm. um and yeah it's a nice kind of ongoing stream that thinking. Mm. I think just to piggyback on that, I mean, because everybody is coming up with their own personal expression of a practice that brings people together, mm-hmm. like it's it's a clear indication that there's a calling for it and that we can all grow and thrive within that and we're all for the abundance mentality that there's there's so much room for everyone Seriously. to be successful within it. Plenty so. of fish in the sea. <sighs> Man, it's a big ocean. Damn near too many humans on this earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. They need some connection. Please. Yeah. Please. So, you know, if, if, <laughs> if anything, like that's what we want to create more of in the future. Mm-hmm. We just want to continue bridging the gap of disconnect and remind people that they're whole mm. and that we're all connected and to d- keep dissolving those illusions of separation. And, and, and play. Amazing. And play <laughs> and just have fun and laugh with Be each other. Be human and play. Yeah, and just, you know, live from your heart and live like you're a five-year-old child without any fears or stories or abandon. Just have fun. Mm-hmm. Amen. I agree <laughs> completely. And how amazing that we can use the world of modern technology and Instagram, social media, you know, when you were talking about the disconnect, because we started looking at these devices so much and Mm -hmm. being so trapped in them in a way, to actually have a a tool in a way to pull you out of that, because maybe you learn or you get inspired in there by something, like our practice maybe, Mm -hmm. and then you have, um, you can then step out of that and actually go and do it, you know, kind of a completes the circle in a way totally it's just that's why i appreciate it so much because there you know there have been i'd say a lot of people by now who who condemn that side of side of yoga in particular this Mm -hmm. exposure in social media and the whole look what i can do kind of mentality and and you know we're saying yeah that's part of it i mean that's in undeniable and it seems to be part of our nature otherwise it wouldn't be so prevalent among exactly. so many people <laughs> and at natural. the same time there's this <laughs> yeah at the same time it's it connects you to people globally and it exposes you to so much that you wouldn't have been exposed before and it inspires you often to doing something mm-hmm. not just viewing something but actually doing something yeah and yeah that's I completely agree. It's the double-edged sword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but both edges are very sharp. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <I have to laughs> ponder that. Uh, so I really 
I'm so thankful for obviously all of your amazing answers thus far. But if you had one little nugget, golden nugget, like the best of the best words of advice to give to our viewers, what would it be? Be kind to yourself. Mm. And be kind to others. I like that one. Mm-hmm. And how does that resonate with you? Well, it comes back to what Hansa was talking about earlier, that voice inside of us that mm. is often very negative and, and generally kind of mean. You know, we're our own worst critic. And mm-hmm. so I would encourage everyone to tell that voice to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and be nice. And be nice. <laughs> you know, if that voice was, was your best friend sitting mm-hmm. next to you, would you have that best friend for very long? Mm-hmm. Probably not. And so um, just shower yourself with as much love and appreciation and gratitude as possible and know that in doing that, you'll inspire others to do the same. Totally. Are you going to follow up with that one, huh? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, our, our message since the very beginning has been follow your bliss Mm. and um, and that's beautiful left to your own interpretation Mm -hmm. Um, and what that means to us certainly is to to find the things that you're passionate about and listen to your heart and follow all of that Mm. Um, and with that good things come and so just Mm. takes a bit of trust totally I always end the yoga journey podcast with one very simple yet complex question and that is how would you define yoga hmm hmm Hmm. Awakening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can say so much more, but I know for me when I started to do yoga and so many times with meditation and, you know, with meeting someone, it's this spark mm-hmm. that just suddenly illuminates some part of your being that was not awake before. Mm-hmm. For me, that's yoga. I like that. Waking up. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. <laughs> that's what I got. Come on, come on. What you Give got? It to us. What you got? <laughs> it's like a work of art. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, it's just, that's perfect. Uh, the only, you know, I'm, I'm like, I that's, can't. That's what I said. <laughs> oh, right. It's a competition now. <laughs> <laughs> now he's in. Now he's in. <laughs> no. Um, it, you know, I agree with you. I mean, I couldn't come up with different words for it. And, you know, maybe a way out. I mean, it's. But, like, for me, it's. Or a uh, way in. Maybe. Mm. I just feel good. You know, feel good. Yeah, feel feel good. I like that. Feel good because yeah. it's. I I also feel that we 
anything we do, and I've had many interesting discussions with, with many people about this when I say this, because uh, I think it can be misunderstood very easily. When you, whatever, whatever we do, we do it because we believe that we'll feel good. The end result of that is to feel good. <laughs> so you want to help someone? Um, there is compassion, but that's because it feels good. You know, it can be as I feel that the emotional mm -hmm. scale can be as simple as how does that feel to you? Is it good? Not good. Mm -hmm. If it's good, generally we want to do more of that. Not good, we don't want to do it. Often we keep doing it because of whatever reasons we might mm -hmm. have. Logic reasons, generally logical, not not feeling reasons. Mm. But yeah, I feel that everything about yoga is about that. You know, when people get it, they feel good. And if it's physical practice, if it's um, spiritual practice, mm -hmm. um, I mean, whatever it is, that's kind of the end result when you finally get it. Uh, and it can be much loftier and more complex and all kinds of nice words wrapped uh, around it and you know simplicity and, and is beautiful it's yeah true. but even yeah just even the, the the simple act of union you know yoga union i think union is is something that simply feels good and that's why we want to head that direction and the yoga kula the amazing people all around the world are so much brighter for your light shining and I really do appreciate you both. Mm. Blessings and thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Namaste. Namaste. You can find out more about Hansa and Claudine at yogabeyond.com. For more information on their partner acrobatic training, check out their website or drop into one of their many acro vinyasa trainings worldwide. Be sure to follow their travels around the globe on Instagram at yogabeyond. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and drop us a five-star review. If you truly appreciate the interviews we do, you can find us on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Instagram too. Until next time, live light, shine bright. Namaste, yogis. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.